Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping Christian women of influence steadily climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. Join us this season as we explore key topics, strategies, and growth points that will help you not only grow in your faith, but to help others do the same. This is Climbing Fierce. Hey there, listeners. We are excited to be back with you for another episode of Climbing Fierce. And today, we are ready to jump into the conversation because this is the fourth and the final episode in our series on unlocking the confidence code. For those of you who have tuned in so far, you know that we have discussed a couple of things. The first is that the confidence gender gap, um, this is the reality that women are in general far more predisposed to insecurity and underconfidence than men. And this has a lot to do with the fact that women are wired to be interdependent, which means that we look to our connections and our relationships as validation of who we are and how we're doing. Whereas guys are more independent, so they do not look externally for validation in the same way that we as women do. The second thing is we've talked about the challenge that many of us face when looking at the topic of self-confidence from a Christian perspective specifically, because we were either directly or indirectly taught that self-confidence is actually a promotion of self, and therefore we should avoid it. So we talked about the role in place of personal confidence in the life of a Christian. And lastly, we also talked about the impact of one's life narrative on their view of themselves. And the fact that we all have an adopted narrative that we now use as a filter and um, just a general messaging system over our lives. And if we want to adopt a healthier view of ourselves, we need to address and correct that narrative because bottom line, confidence is truly a mindset. So this week, we want to build upon all of those elements and close this series by talking about the pursuit of confidence. For the listener who might have resonated with something we've said or discussed so far, we want to offer some really practical strategies on how to step towards greater personal confidence, which again, is not an elevation of self, but rather learning how to more fully and courageously embrace what God is doing in and through their lives. But first... Claudia, I wondered if there might be someone who comes to mind when you think of a woman who demonstrates confidence. Uh, Yeah, you know, Hannah, there are two women who immediately come to mind as we're talking about this. And the first is the amazing Caitlin Clark. So if you have not caught wind of what this young woman is doing, you need to stop everything. Google her name. That is Caitlin Clark with two C's. This girl is blowing up collegiate sports right now, breaking all kinds of ridiculous records and drawing some of the largest crowds ever recorded for some collegiate sporting events. And whatever you think about her or her game, there's no denying that she has a compelling sense of personal assurance when she steps out on the court. Uh, My family and I, we actually went and saw her play a few months back and she was not just good, she's incredibly good, but she was so confident in her game. So uh, she's a here and now example, but I also think of Gladys Aylward, the missionary who bravely went into communist China in the 1930s and then went on to do incredible works there, born from a deep courage and a firm resolve in her faith. Um, If you've ever seen the movie, it's really old, The Inn of the Sixth Happiness. It's on YouTube right now, available free. <laughs> I think it was like produced in like the 50s or 60s. Oh, this good. thing is really old, <laughs> but um, so compelling in that it reveals this sense of assurance that Gladys had in just who she was and what she was called to do. 
And she was in an environment that was not accommodating, did not welcome women, did not welcome Christian women. And yet she boldly did some incredible works, mm-hmm. saving hundreds in these this like harrowing story. So um, it's just this idea of courage that she had. And like Caitlin Clark, this is what I want for myself and others when I think of being able to step out boldly into what God's calling us to do. And I just wonder, what would the body of Christ look like right now if women of faith had this sort of resolve who would show up without fear of what others thought, without worrying about being liked by others or coloring in the lines that somebody else has set for them. And if they boldly, and let me even add, graciously and lovingly just went to work, living courageously for an audience of one. I don't know about you, but I know personally, somewhere along the way, fear of man and wanting to be approved of and valued by others grabbed hold of the reins of my my mind and my thinking. And it was as though I served that fear rather than courageously serving the Lord. And I know that I want something different for those who are coming behind me. Mm. I resonate with everything that you just said. Um, I can remember a time where I was enslaved to, Mm. and in many ways, like I know I have moments of that still, but I want that for the women at my local church. I want that for the women in the greater church. I want that for the women that I'm friends with, and I want that for myself. Yeah. And even as you're talking, um, and I, I'm sure we're going to touch on this, but the idea that like, it's not about us, like that mm. I think is where our confidence yes. comes from. It's like, it's actually not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about other mm. people. It's about the gospel. And, and that's why we can be firmly grounded. I think about, um, I want less of, less of me and, and more of the yeah. Lord. Right. Yeah. So those are great examples. So you know, toward that end, let's talk about how to embrace and really step into this sort of confidence. If you had to outline a starting point, maybe in the pursuit of confidence, what would it be? Okay, well, gosh, even as you were just talking, I'm so very excited about where we are today, because it's, it is the reality that this is not about us. If it's about us, <laughs> we've, we've lost the real intent of what confidence is supposed to be. So when we're talking about this from a Christian perspective, it's really important that we are first and foremost settled on this matter spiritually. We can't be vacillating on this and think that we're going to make a whole lot of headway. So what I would first encourage anybody listening to make this a serious matter of prayer, really pressing in and ask God, what does he want your personal sense of confidence to look like? And as you said earlier, there's so many who were taught or we somehow picked up along the way this idea that personal confidence is an elevation or a promotion of our sinful man. Mm. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm. So if anybody would find themselves there trying to discern where they land on this issue, it might be helpful to actually turn the tables a bit and unpack those things that are deterrence to confidence. So if we said, you know, what are those things that dismantle and disrupt confidence? They're things like shame, insecurity, fear of man, fear of rejection, anxiety, bullying or or some kind of hurtful experience from the past, being marginalized, and that's those times when we're not included, we're not involved, or we're not feeling valued, or a poor body image, and this list goes on and on. So I would just say to that person, like, not sure where they land on this idea of confidence, do any of these things I've just said, do they sound like they originate from life-giving biblical truth, that truth God speaks over his children? No, there's no life in any of these because each of these things finds its origin in the root 
um, and root in the fall of man. So while some look to confidence as a promotion of self, what we're talking about is something far different because we know that true confidence that God designs, well, it falls apart when sin dismantles the truth of who he says we are in him. So we've got to get back to that truth, Mm. who he's saying we are. Mm. Christopher and I, you know, we have uh, small sayings for big ideas, Yeah, (laughs) something that we do a lot. Um, One of the ones that I think has been around longer than, you know, we've actually been together. I think him and his friends came up with it, but now we say it to each other all the time. Um, But it's, uh, sorry, it's remember who you are because of whose you are. Mm, And it's, there's so much, (laughs) it's all that we've talked about in this confidence series packed into one small statement. And what we used to say is remember who you are and whose you are, but then we've changed it to remember who you are because of whose you are. Um, Because so good who we are is, is rooted and grounded in, in what the Lord says and the fact that we're his. So Okay, so what we are saying thus far is that insecurity and a lack of assurance uh, that many of us may have about who we are and how we fit into the system around us is often a byproduct of sin. And more specifically, the fact that we are sinful people living in a sinful world. This makes me think of Psalm 139 which says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And while I think a lot of us could quote that first part, it's that very last part of the of the verse that says, I know that full well, that I don't think we meditate mm. on that much. Right. I know that full well. And what we see here is not an arrogant psalmist, but on the contrary, this is a man who knows his value as a child of God. Yeah, that's right. And it's not an ugly picture of self-promotion. So for that person, and and I think I had this as well, this tension there between Christianity and confidence and how can both of these come together? Mm. Well, it's not self-promotion. So when we take that out of the picture, we see that what the psalmist there is saying, it's really this beautiful picture of confidence. I know there's so much value in me, not because I, I myself bring anything great to the table, but because there is a a sovereign holy king who designed this package and then put a call on this life Mm -hmm. and i've just got to walk that out Mm -hmm. and that changes everything it's Mm -hmm. not about me trying to be great or reach some pinnacle it's just walking in the design that he set forth yeah I don't know if anybody has seen the movie Interstellar, and hopefully I haven't mentioned this in another episode. I don't think I have. Okay, so I just watched it for the first time, and I know I'm really late to the game. (laughs) (laughs) But Interstellar uh, is a movie about space and um, basically trying to save the human race. And they do such a good job of depicting um, space. And I finished that movie, and I looked at Christopher, and I said, God is scary (laughs) and Mm. in an appropriate way like i am so small the universe is so Mm. big and beautiful but to think that the god that created all of the universe is has created us in his image um and in his likeness it when you really grab hold of that um it's that's so good image bearers mm -hmm. i mean that alone right right that's huge yep yep um 
And I think that for many of us, you know, we might not know what it is to understand, let alone really embrace our intended value because we are encumbered by a lingering and stifling sense of self-doubt that is directly linked to the effects of sin on the world and on our lives. So in this journey towards confidence, there really has to be that honest conversation with our Redeemer who came that we may be set free from sin and have life and life more abundantly. As we ask him to shine the light of his truth about us in every corner of our lives so that we might boldly embrace who he has designed us to be in this world. So who we are in light of, you know, who he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So in in fact, along these lines, I'd even ask any of those listening, honestly, if you just can pause for a second, are you feeling settled in who you are or do you still fear the rejection of man or seek the approval of others? Or are you living and acting as though you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by an omnipotent God? Or do you still struggle with feelings of inferiority or insignificance or feeling unworthy? Here's another one. Are you living out your call with Joshua-like strength and courage? Or are you still timid a lot of the time, afraid of the opinions or actions of others? Or do you find yourself comparing yourselves to others and using that as a gauge of your worth or capacity, if any of those resonates? Mm then I think it's it's likely, and we've all been there, so no shame attached to us whatsoever, but I think if you can relate to any of these things, then you know what it is to still have some part of your heart or your mind or perspective that's influenced by the effects of the fall. And so what we do, we don't, we don't take shame in that. Um, this is where we're like, okay, then there's more to press into. Mm-hmm. There's freedom here that God has for me, and that's mm-hmm. why this conversation today is so important. So that first step of inviting God to guide this journey toward confidence is huge. But then second, we might need to even confess where we have accepted and adopted insecure beliefs or thoughts about ourselves. Like where, where have we spoken into this ourselves mm-hmm. and created this false narrative that now we, we're embracing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for many of us, I think it's the fact that someone in our past handed us a lie and we use that lie to build a faulty narrative about Mm. our lives and who we are. But as we've said multiple times on this episode, we have to rewrite those narratives. I mean, we've we've said that our entire climbing fierce. (laughs) 100% right. Yeah. And you almost, you don't want to like, am I, am I beating this drum too much? Mm-hmm. But then you think of scripture, just the renewing of your mind, right. how critical that is. And our entire journey is going to be about stepping into new levels of growth and insight and truth. And so it begins with owning that we may have embraced something along the way that was contrary to God's truth. Um, kind of like we're the one who let the squirrel in the attic. Um, <laughs> so we got we to gotta get it out, right? There's something out of, out of place here mm-hmm. and we've got to own that. Let's look, for example, imposter syndrome. I know your mom, right, early on yeah. asked about this. That's that common belief that I don't belong or I'm not adequately qualified to be where I am because mm. there's this thought that everyone else is well-suited and well-placed in this environment, but I don't really fit here. And if somebody pulled back the veil, they'd realize, gosh, that, that girl there doesn't belong. I, we've all felt that. Mm. Um But in a case like this, I don't think it's enough to say, Lord, help me more confidently engage the work you're calling me to. No, I think we have to get really honest and identify the specific cracks in the foundation and speak truth to those areas. So here's an example. Lord, I confess that I continue to doubt myself and look for meaning and validation in the opinions of others. And I know there were hurts from my childhood that caused me to question my value or to look externally for validation. And maybe we need to list those. I know I have. Um, spend some time what were those hurtful things 
But today I speak your truth over my sense of value and worth. I belong where you have placed me and I'm being called to boldly reside in that space. Mm. I love that. The idea of boldly residing in the spaces and places where he has us. This brings to mind the life scripts that we talked about last week. Imagine what would happen if we stepped into the storyline of our lives as a heroine, a child of God empowered with truth and life and courage. What would happen if we lived courageously in the spaces and places where God has placed us? What would happen if we got on our Gladys Allward and did not look to others or even ourselves for affirmation of our own sufficiency, but instead we boldly stepped forward knowing that our God has called us to be beacons of light and truth and hope? Just imagine. Mm. So how do we move towards this, Claudia? Do you have advice for us? Yeah. Okay. So we talked about having a posture of prayer. We talked about kind of owning and confessing where we've even bought into some of that lie. Um, and this is also important because awareness alone is is just huge. So the fact that we're talking about it, putting it on the radar is so important. But practically speaking, in addition to prayer and confession, um, and speaking truth over our lives, it's important to understand that um, we may not even fully know where we're still s- struggling with some lack of confidence mm. because um, we're not going to really know until the insecurity, the fear of man, the self-doubt, self-loathing, striving for significance, and all those other lovely confidence thieves, until they rear their head, you almost don't know where you're struggling a little bit. Mm. So it's being on the lookout. Mm -hmm. And I do wish there was just one switch we could flip that would change it all. But, and the whole point of this entire podcast is this conversation of pressing in and it's, it's being willing to press in and understanding that if we're, we've got to almost treat insecurity and underconfidence, like we're growing a new patch of grass where weeds were once overtaking the lawn. Mm -hmm. So when you have this mentality of like, okay, there's a, there's an area here there, there was something unhealthy here, and I'm going to do the work. Mm. I'm going to pull out those weeds. I'm going to plant some good seed. So not only is it rooting out some of those weeds, we have to, we've got to work the soil. We've got to plant some of that right truth, that truth being God's word. We've got to be in it. It's alive and active. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever gone to read, you don't even feel anything. But if you will buy faith, just buy into the reality that that word is alive, almost like hear a heartbeat when you pick up that book. I think we talked about that last season, right? It's just get it in. It's like medicine. You don't take a pill. You don't always know what it's doing. That medicine is going to mm-hmm. do its work. So get that truth in and let it do the work. Um, because the fact is we live in a fallen world. So even though we've pulled some weeds out and though we've put some truth in, we're, it's going to continue to creep in. We've got to maintain. It's just like an amazing lawn. I know one hmm. time we bought a house and this guy had I, this was like the most spectacular lawn. And we were like, oh, man, give us a couple of months. I know we're going to like this thing. We, we cannot maintain. It was it was so beautiful. And it's true. Within a couple of months, we were not as diligent. He was out a couple times a week on his lawn. His lawn was everything. Within a couple of months, you knew we lived there because a couple of little weeds were popping up. And that's life, right? The reality is yeah. it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. we've got to be on guard knowing they're going to creep in. So mm-hmm. for someone who's who is like not only starting to identify some of those weeds, but is working to plant truth, there are a couple practical things you can do to put down some weed and feed. And (laughs) that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I love that. Um, You actually can buy one bag, and in it is this weed preventative treatment, but also then this fertilizing treatment in one bag. So we need to get some weed and feed, and we need to, a couple things we can do, stop apologizing 
How mm-hmm. often do you see women? They're just, I'm, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Like, and I'm sorry. And I'm stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. Just remove that posture of it's almost self-deprecating, or we say these things that just put ourselves down. Move away from that. Um, try to pay attention to when you're putting yourself down, or you're you're just always apologizing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Claudia, stop. Can I go, say oh, something go really ahead. quick? Jump in. So in the past two weeks. Lucy has started to say, I'm sorry. Like, we do that when she, like, wrongs us or she's yeah. getting out of timeout, right? I'm sorry. I forgive you. Oh, but this girl, like, has been saying, I'm sorry. And I'm realizing it's because I say it. Mm. And so I know that, obviously, I am I disciple my child. But, like, we disciple each other. So, like, us apologizing as women right, encourages other women to act like that. And right. I think that's such a helpful thing. But also as a parent, I'm like, <laughs> I've been apologizing like in public and I, I don't realize that I do it probably as frequently yeah. as and I thought. And it almost seems like this super innocent thing, almost yeah. polite. Yes. It's almost polite. She's trying to not be intrusive. No, actually when you're leading in and you're always just so apologetic, mm-hmm. it's, it's dismantling the worth of the contribution. Mm-hmm. Are you really that sorry that you're here, that you're speaking? That, right, that no. you're taking up space yeah, that you're, and existing. No, you're yeah. not sorry. Don't yeah. be sorry. Um, and again, we're not we're advocating for go be rude, go be loud. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, the McDonald's no, uh, right. line guy, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, stop that. Also, stop fishing for compliments or waiting to be recognized. I know I did this a lot as mm. a kid. And I don't, you know, my childhood was a little messy. And so I Clearly, I was not getting some of what I needed, so I would throw out the bait. I just wait, like, please grab hold of this. Please mm. say something kind. And um, it, it wasn't until I was older, I'm like, man, ew, nope, like that's not healthy. Mm. And so pay attention to some of what you're doing in, in regard to others. And here's one, start being kind to yourself, truly, deeply kind. Um, it does no good to anybody when you are just mean and abusive and again self-deprecating and um, be kind find ways to be kind and affirming and mm-hmm. patient um, and also a couple more things embrace new challenges when we grow in new things that actually starts to spur something in our thinking and our perspective uh, new skills develop new confidence mm-hmm. so try to step out if, if you only do these few things do them mm-hmm. well well, start seeing how you can add to that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. What else can you add to some of what you're doing? Hmm. Um, another one, physically, watch your posture. And I'm talking about the actual physical posture. Do you hunch over? Do you kind of, are you concave? Are you talking to somebody and your arms are all crossed and you're fidgeting? Studies show, there's a great study out. Um, Amy, somebody, it's a couple years old from Harvard. Great study on just the neuroscience of physical posture and what this does to stimulate certain hormone releases that actually spur happiness and confidence mm. just in the way you stand. So mm. I literally, I think I may have shared this before, I have gone at work into the bathroom before a huge, huge meeting. I was so intimidated and I did that Wonder Woman pose. I mm-hmm. stood there for two minutes. I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm going in. I'm going in and, and the strength that you've given me, you've appointed me to be here. Um, I don't feel per- confident in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this and leaving actually that physical kind of posturing of your body triggers something to spark a sense of boldness. Um, it's even a release of some testosterone that helps you see guys who are more bold and um, it, willing to go for it. It's It really begins to stir some of that. Hmm. So a couple more things. Um, practice speaking up and leaning in. Again, you don't have to be loud and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but to start, with, if you're here at this one spot, 
just take two steps forward. You don't mm-hmm. have to jump five miles ahead of where you're at. But start small and start speaking up, leaning in more. Um, I know I one time went into a conference room and there was a group of men sitting around the table and I took a seat on the outside of the, the I was still in the conference room, but I was away from everybody else. I didn't want to just be presumptive and take the, take a seat at the table. And somebody looked at me like, what are you doing? Hmm. I was just trying to be polite, I think, or just trying to not be noticed. Or I know Cheryl Sandberg has talked about this, like lean in, take the seat at the table, not because hmm. you're better than anybody else, but maybe God's inviting you to that table. Mm-hmm. Step up, lean in, um, and then recognize and speak to confidence busters. What are some of those things? Are they people? Are they circumstances? Are they, uh, believe it or not, I have one article of clothing, when I wear this thing, I always feel terrible. Like, ugh, I look so ratty in that, but oh, I'm not going to get rid of it. Why am I wearing this thing? Makes me feel terrible about myself. You know what? Let's light it on fire and throw it out, right? So what are those confidence busters? What are those things? Sometimes we can't change those. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have a job. I can't just, you know, go tell my employer that I'm done and walk away. Sometimes I've got to walk through it. But then there are sometimes things that we can speak to, we can remove, mm-hmm. we can adjust. You throw out that nasty old sweatshirt that makes you feel bad. Mm-hmm. You're just saving it because it just seems fiscally responsible, right? Throw it out. <laughs> um, freshen up, honestly, even freshening up your appearance has mm-hmm. been shown to do a lot. And then finally, um, stop being the pleasant version of yourself that, that others want you to be. I, I know I did this a lot growing up. I, I knew the role I was supposed to play. It was laid out for me, and I quietly and meekly just tried to play that role nicely to not make any waves. I was never happy. I was never comfortable, but that was the role that I knew was assigned to me, and I was mm. just going to play that as well as I can. Hmm. Um, we've, we're being, we ourselves are being invited to climb higher hmm. and to be set free from those narratives that are not true of who we are. So who hmm. is God saying we are? Mm-hmm. Not the people around us. And to know there's going to be pushback when you stop living to please others. Those who have liked you being subservient or liked you living to please them, they're not going to like it if you start holding your ground or speaking up or stepping into who you, God is saying you are. Hmm. Um, so expect a little pushback and you'll find your way. Sometimes that pendulum swings a little bit. But just say, God, I want to be who you've called me to be. I want to speak with the voice that you have given. I don't want this created by somebody else. I don't even want to create this. Mm-hmm. Give me your wisdom as I step into this. Hmm. Wow. That all I was like entranced listening to you. <laughs> Sorry if I was so quiet because. No, I mean, there's, those are, right? It's, there's some things we can practically do. Yeah. Yeah, there absolutely is. And honestly, what I was thinking for a couple of the points, like, um, you know, practice speaking up and leaning in or learning something new and embracing new challenges. Uh, I think specifically you have to fight a fear of failure, Mm. which I think plays into this whole confidence thing. Um, If we are not willing to fail and like fall on our face and look dumb Mm. or weak or silly sometimes, um, I think it will actually hold us back from the potential that we have that, or even like how God has created us. Um, I don't think Claudia woke up and uh, was (laughs) 
I was going to say smart. I, I think you've always been smart. <laughs> but like you've pursued academic success, mm. if you will. And I'm sure there have been bumps along the road um, sure. or even in communication. Like you didn't just start a podcast at 15. And right. um, I, I mean, I know we talked about Taylor starting to write yeah. books at like <laughs> at like That's seven, true. but <laughs> but she's grown she's in that, right? Core, and yeah. I'm sure that, that uh, you know, Taylor's hit some bumps in the road and some mm-hmm. failures. And so um, I think Simon Sinek is the one that said this, but sometimes you have to be willing to be like the idiot in the room and ask the dumb question that you feel like is dumb. And a lot of times everybody else in the room is actually wondering the same thing, but they don't want to look dumb. So they just don't ask and they keep going along with, you know. And we get a little fatalistic about it, thinking that one mistake will Mm -hmm. end it all. Mm -hmm. No, our goddess is far too big for you to get it off track. That's right. just trying to lean into who he's calling you to be. Right. Do it boldly. Do it courageously. Um, and trust him, he'll lead you through it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So much good stuff. So Claudia, you know, even as you're sharing, I am thinking about the list of 60 items that you identified in your doctoral research as tips and strategies to bolster confidence. I know that you have shared just a few just now, but um, I would like to make a list maybe available for everybody who's listening. Um, I know that we're all wired differently, so there may be some things on that list that resonate with some and others are going to resonate with with others. Mm. So um, I really want to encourage anyone who's really wanting to engage in this process to consider the 1.0 and the 2.0 exercise. So let me explain. This is where you're going to list out 10 to 15 characteristics about who you are now, both good and bad. That is your 1.0 list. Then you're going to list out attributes that would be evident if uh, you were walking in a healthy sense of confidence. And that's going to be your 2.0 attributes. So these would be my Hannah (laughs) 2.0, the revamp. (laughs) So once you have those two lists, I want you to pick one or two things on your 2.0 list, excuse me, and start to consider how you can move in that direction. What do you need to correct? Maybe it's issues, maybe it's lies, whatever it is. What do you need to correct in the 1.0 version while simultaneously working towards those characteristics that would reflect a strong, confident presentation? So here's that, uh, Claudia, you said uh, weed and feed again, which I love so much. Um, What can you insert right now to disrupt unhealthy thought patterns while also fueling what or who you are truly designed to be? Yeah, Hannah, that's great. Uh, I love practical strategies to walk out things like this. Because again, if if somebody's not at the place of confidence, because they, they didn't know how to get there yet. So practical strategies, we all need we all need them. And it helps us walk toward that. Um, and like we've said, from the beginning of this podcast, um, these we're talking about process items. Um, these things are not available on the shelf at the convenience store, right? These are developmental growth items that we've got to grow in. So uh, don't don't worry if there's some growth needed here. And it, mm. it, it's a process. It's a process for all of us. Um, yeah. But I want to I close with a story. There was uh, once a young couple in Iowa. They were high school sweethearts who went on to live a long, sweet, generally uneventful life, right? They just met in high school and a lovely life. They had kids um, and they stayed in the small, same community where they were. And the name of this couple was Gordon and Norma Yeager. Um, and they... They had the sweet life of having kids, watching their kids have kids, doing life together, always by each other's side. In fact, even in their later years, they always worked to do life together. In fact, one day in September, it was a number of years back now, Gordon and Norma decided they were going to run into town and run some errands for the day. 
At the time, Gordon was 94 and Norma was 90. Mm. But unfortunately, they never made it to town that day because oh. they were in a terrible car accident. Um, and it was a small community, so the ambulance was there pretty quickly. Um, the EMT grabbed them. They take them to the local hospital where they are placed side by side in adjoining beds. Again, I think a big city hospital wouldn't do this, but right there, they're side by side, so close that Gordon, broken and bruised, could reach out his arm and grab hold of his wife's hand. Um, and they knew the, the, called the family in, and it wasn't long. The whole family was there by their side. Um, and they knew that it was, um, the prognosis wasn't good. And so the family was there saying their goodbyes. And they watched as Gordon's heart began to slow, and eventually his heart rate, just his heartbeat stopped. They could see it on the monitor, and that flat line that we all know, you know, just showed up on the screen. And it's kind of like this sigh of like, oh, he's gone and just sitting in that moment. And then suddenly on the monitor, they see this little bloop, bloop, and like his, the heartbeats showing back up. But they're looking at his body and they know he's not there, but the machinery is telling them something different. So they get a nurse and they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they're checking and he has no pulse, but there's life showing on his monitor. And it wasn't long before they realized he was still holding on to his wife's hand. Ugh. And it was her heartbeat that was being read through his body on the screen of his life. And I thought, man, if there's any picture of confidence that I could want for those listening, it's not what we can show up with. You said it a couple times here. It's who we're holding on to, right? That his life force just radiating through us, that is our source of confidence. So again, for that person listening saying, man, I've struggled with insecurity. I've struggled with self-doubt and not feeling worthy or fearing the opinions of man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, welcome to the club. We've Mm -hmm. all been there. But let's press into something higher and deeper. Mm -hmm. This is a season where we are being invited in as women of faith to step into who he is calling us to be. And this is a day and age probably, I don't want to be overly dramatic, maybe where we need it more than ever before. We Mm -hmm. need women of faith stepping in and walking out the call that God has placed on their lives Mm -hmm. boldly and confidently um, because he's calling us to take our place on the landscape of his plans and purposes for this time and place in history. Mm. I can only think, Claudia, that this is another way that we can live radically. Like Jesus calls us to live very radically Mm. in opposition to the world, but how we walk in confidence compared to someone that doesn't know the Lord and is walking in confidence. That's great. Yeah. It it looks starkly different. And I think it's how God calls us to walk, you know, in, in some of that boldness and um, just that difference so good oh what a great way to conclude the series taylor and i are making faces at each other while you're sharing that story because it's claudia doesn't share these stories beforehand so (laughs) oh it is moving and ladies as you're listening please know this though you may be predisposed to certain levels of underconfidence because of sin and the fall you have been set apart as daughters of the king called to live out your faith courageously and with confidence. Not because you have a leg up on anybody or you're some hot stuff, right? (laughs) But because you are a daughter of the King. And as such, you have the power and life of Christ radiating through you. He is our source of life. He is our source of power. And he is the glory of God at work and at work in and through us. And for that, we have every reason to be confident. But we may have to rework our perspectives because of some faulty narratives that have up to this point been defining who we are. 
as well as our place and our fit in this world. So for those wanting more information, please see our website at growthpointperspective.com. We have different inventories and resources to help you really embrace confidence and to set aside those beliefs and perspectives that have been keeping so many of us stuck in places and seasons of self-doubt and insecurity. Until next time, we pray that you would confidently go climb fierce. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links, and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone you know, let us know, leave us a review or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.